Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. You're listening to the Wellness Herway podcast. I'm your host, Gracie Norton, and I'm so excited to provide you with the space where you get to shape what wellness feels like to you. Wellness Her Way is where we make a home of our body, mind, and soul instead of jumping on trends for short-term results. We've got one body. We're going to nourish it, love it, respect it, and embrace it through all its forms. Hello, I'm your host, Gracie Norton, and you're listening to the very first episode of Wellness Her Way. Wow, it feels so good to be able to say that. I'm so excited that I get to connect with you on a deeper level. We're going to learn together and really just create our own picture of what wellness feels like to us. I went back and forth on the name of my podcast for a few different reasons. One of them being that my definition of wellness has just changed so much over time. I used to think there was going to be this moment that I finally had arrived or achieved wellness. And then I came across this quote from Brianna Weist that really just sums up the mindset shift that took place that completely changed the way I looked at the destination of healing. So I'm going to read it to you super quick. She says, the point of healing is not to return to a place where everything is perfect. Instead, it is to begin to develop the ability to respond to what is imperfect. And this was just so beautifully said because I feel like oftentimes it can be easy for us to assume that we have to be doing all the right things every single day in order to prioritize our wellness or feel or see results. And don't get me wrong, consistency is super important, but I also think the conversations that we have with ourselves and how we choose to respond on the days, you know, we're not feeling so motivated is really what starts to shape our relationship with wellness. So, you know, whether it's giving yourself grace, finding balance, knowing when to get outside of your comfort zone, knowing when to rest, and knowing how to keep going even in the absence of immediate results is truly what helped me find joy throughout my wellness journey. But one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast is because I think wellness has become a pretty noisy space and not in a good way. Every time I'm scrolling on TikTok or Instagram, it seems like there's a new food we're being told to stay away from, a new cleanse to try, or you know, a new workout that claims to give us a flat stomach in an unrealistic amount of time. The clickbait and constant fear-mongering has just made wellness a pretty unwelcoming space, in my opinion. So my goal with this podcast is not to change your routine or make you feel like you have to cut 
a certain food out of your diet or take part in quick trends in order to be and feel well. I really want us to go back to the roots of wellness together to shape what wellness feels like to you, whether it's wellness in our physical health, our mental health, relationships, or our professional life. We're going to be having a lot of really fun solo conversations. And then we're also going to be having conversations with guests who are experts in their field that are going to be a great resource for you to be well in all aspects of life. But yeah, I just want this podcast to be more of a sanctuary for your mind and body and kind of like a home base for you to gain a little bit more knowledge in the space and explore things that add a lot of value to your life and just make you feel good. So with that being said, thank you so much for being here from the very first episode. I primarily create content on TikTok and Instagram and my videos are under two minutes or so. So there's really only so much that I can share with you in that short time frame, which is why I've been craving you know, more long form content and just been wanting to have more in-depth conversations with you so we can connect on a deeper level and dive into topics that I haven't yet touched on on my socials. So we're going to be talking about wellness in relationships, friendships, sexual health, mental health, and just day-to-day life. And I also think this is going to force me to get outside of my comfort zone, which is great because I'm definitely an open book when it comes to my health but I'm a pretty private person in general. So we're definitely going to have some fun and I can't wait to just talk about the things that I haven't talked about yet on social media. So it's going to be a fun way to just get comfortable with each other and yeah, just get to know each other more. But for this first episode, I wanted to go into full detail about my story for those who may not be familiar with it because it really is the foundation for how I define wellness. I grew up in Mooresville, Indiana, and I had such a fun childhood There is not a lot going on in Mooresville. It is a very, very small town, but I think it's kind of one of the reasons that I'm a creative person because it forced my brothers and I to just create our own fun. So we spent a lot of time outside on the weekends. We would ride quads and dirt bikes. We would have wiffle ball tournaments, flag football games. And yeah, I just had a really fun childhood there. But I really do think there's something so special about growing up in a small town like that. And I remember in high school, I couldn't wait to move and just experience more of what life had to offer. And then as I got older, I really started to appreciate the simplicity of life there. But wellness wasn't really a big part of my childhood. This is so funny. My mom would pop some chocolate Pop-Tarts in the toaster, smother them in peanut butter, and put them on our plate for breakfast most mornings before school. But we were always a really active family. So I grew up in a dance studio with my mom. She was my dance teacher all throughout my childhood. And then both of my brothers played every single sport imaginable. So we were a super active family. But when it came to nutrition and just general wellness, it wasn't ever a topic that we talked a lot about growing up. It wasn't really until college that I started to dive more into wellness. And I feel like there should be a class that we all take that teach us how sleep, nutrition, and lifestyle changes may affect our health as we make that transition to college. For me, it was the first time that I was away from the comfort of my own home. I was eating more processed foods. My sleep schedule started to change. And there was pressure to juggle grades, but still go out and have fun. And I just feel like there's a lot of changes that are normal, but caused some added stress that I was unaware of at the time. And I don't know if it was just the food at my school, but my friends and I would always complain about how bloated we felt all the time after we ate. We would take Tums or Gas-X and literally not think anything of it because it kind of just became part of our post-meal routine. And I think because I wasn't educated about how these changes may impact my body, I started to normalize my own symptoms. 
but this was the period of my life when my body first started showing symptoms of hormone imbalance and PCOS. My junior year, I was in my journalism class and I ran into the hallway in the worst pain that I had ever experienced. And then later I found out that I had an ovarian cyst rupture. I had one more rupture about six months later and I honestly didn't do anything about it. I definitely should have, but I told myself if it happens again, I'll go to a doctor and get it checked out. So I'd had two ovarian cyst rupture in college. And then after college, I moved to LA and this is where my health really started to take a turn for the worse. I had an internship with American Ninja Warrior. It was such a fun experience. And then I worked for a YouTube channel called Yes Theory. And this is where I really fell in love with storytelling. I was so inspired by their mission and how they were encouraging people to get outside of their comfort zones. But this is when my body clock and my schedule started to take a turn. I was in love with my job. I was having the time of my life. However, I don't think our bodies can determine the difference between good stress and bad stress. I was going to bed around 2, 3 a.m. most nights, eating at different times every single day. And I just woke up one morning and I felt like everything hit me at once. It took me three months of not having a cycle to even realize that I hadn't gotten my period. I had acne all along my jawline and chin. My hair was so brittle and thin. I was bloating after every single thing that I ate. And my eyes were kind of glazed over in this like yellowish film. For the first time, I did not recognize the person that was looking back at me in the mirror. And this wasn't even because there were physical changes that had taken place, but my energy, my personality, and my mindset was just not what it had been in the past. Initially, I felt really embarrassed. I was asking myself how I could have let this happen. How did I not notice this happening? Why did I think I could push my body to its limits and not suffer the consequences? I was still eating healthy foods and working out on a regular basis. So I was so confused how all these symptoms just seemed to hit me all at once. And I know I mentioned a few, but at this point I had gained 30 pounds. I had acne all over my jawline. I had chronic bloat. My body felt really puffy and I couldn't digest foods that I had been eating my whole life. I also was losing a lot of hair and I had zero energy. I felt like I was moving in slow motion all the time. Like it took me so much energy to do the tiniest tasks. And honestly, I was just really sad all the time. I felt really upset with myself for not paying closer attention to the way my body was trying to communicate with me. And I think the hustle culture in LA played a big role in my stress levels. It was the very thing that inspired me and motivated me. But again, just played a big role in my illness. I think sometimes we think that being busy is almost like a badge of honor and like having a life that moves faster than the speed of light and constantly having a book schedule is what equates to success. But there's this saying that really exemplifies what I went through and how toxic hustle culture can be. If you don't learn how to prioritize your wellness, it goes something like make time for your wellness before you're forced to make time for your illness. And unfortunately, I had to learn that the hard way. My first response to these changes that my body was going through was that I needed to exercise more consume less food and maybe like do a juice cleanse or two as if I could literally reset my body with a juice cleanse. And I only had had the knowledge of what I'd seen on social media, whether it was like weight loss tips or how to feel less bloated. And let me just tell you, I feel like I tried everything under the sun. I thought I was doing all the right things and my symptoms just continued to get worse. So I was over exercising and this really took a toll on my body and my cortisol levels. And I started to realize, yeah, this is making my situation worse. So I need to come up with a plan B and maybe go see a few doctors to see why I'm experiencing these symptoms. The first few doctors asked me about my symptoms and made me feel as if everything I was experiencing was completely normal for my age and gender. Their response was something like, 
weight gain, bloat, and an irregular cycle are super common for your age. This happens to a lot of women. If you feel like you've gained weight rapidly, it's best to focus on portion control, consume less calories, exercise more, and make sure you're burning a lot of calories. So I already had tried those things. So I felt pretty frustrated after those appointments. And then the next few appointments were similar, but ended up with birth control being the best solution to heal my symptoms. And I'd been on birth control for two years total. So it was my senior year of high school and I believe my freshman year of college. And I'm just going to say this, my body did not respond well to it at all. It literally made me feel like a different person. It really affected my mood and my energy levels and a few other things. So I knew that I did not want to go back on birth control, but I was being made to feel like it was my only option. And then in addition to that, metformin and spironolactone were also recommended. But after I educated myself a little bit more on those medications, I knew that I didn't want to take them. But experiencing these symptoms was tough enough and going to see multiple doctors and leaving without a single answer or glimmer of hope is a feeling that no one can prepare you for. The changes that I was going through really caused me to isolate myself because at this point, I wasn't fitting into any of my clothes. I had stopped socializing with friends because normally we would go out to dinners and I already knew that I was going to have severe stomach pain, you know, after we ate, regardless of how healthy my meal was. I took a break from doctor's appointments for a while just because I was getting so frustrated at the lack of understanding and ability to find an answer. And then I went to my gynecologist for just kind of like a general exam. And I had an ultrasound and immediately found out that my ovaries were covered in cysts. I was looking at the monitor while I was getting my ultrasound and I wasn't entirely sure what I was looking at, but I had a feeling that it wasn't good. After my gynecologist talked to me about my other symptoms, I was officially diagnosed with PCOS. And initially I was really overwhelmed because I had never heard of PCOS. For those of you who don't know, it stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. So at first I was pretty overwhelmed, but there was also this slight feeling of relief because I felt like I finally had an answer. So it felt good knowing that I'd had an answer and a diagnosis, but it was scary because I didn't know any other women my age that had been diagnosed with PCOS and there was no one talking about it on social media. After this appointment, I decided to move back to Indiana and live with my parents for about a month because I just really needed my family during this time. And my mom recommended that I start looking into functional medicine doctors because you know, as I mentioned earlier, we had birth control, metformin, and spironolactone that were all potential medications to take for my symptoms. But I knew that I didn't want to go that route. So my mom recommended looking into functional medicine doctors. And I went to my first appointment. And for the first time, I felt like someone was understanding the way my symptoms were affecting me instead of brushing them off as part of womanhood. The name of the integrative medicine doctors that I went to see in Indiana are Dr. Amick and Dr. Pabla. They are absolutely incredible. And I've got a little spoiler alert. We're talking to Dr. Amick next week. But the first step that we did was kind of go through a full analysis of my symptoms. And then he recommended a variety of tests. I had a food sensitivity test, a full hormone panel, organic acids test, candida testing. I might be missing a few, but those are some of the tests that we started with. And I cannot stress the importance of having answers based on your own blood type. Everybody is so unique. So having that lab work done and having answers for a doctor to review and really help you build a plan for what next steps are is totally going to change the direction of your wellness journey. Because 
it's so much easier to craft a plan based off of answers that you have from your own body instead of trying to craft a plan based off of what everybody else is doing. So if that's one recommendation that I can make for the first place to start for the most effective results, I would say go and get your lab testing done so you have more insight about your own health. So we're going to be diving into more detail about integrative healing and integrative medicine when we talk to my doctor next week. But him and I broke down my pillars of healing into four different parts. First were the changes that I made in my nutrition, changes in exercise, changes in my lifestyle to lower my stress. And then I also started incorporating full body treatments like acupuncture and lymphatic drainage. So we're going to break down these four pillars together and talk about the changes that I made in each area to learn how to manage my symptoms. After my testing with my integrative medicine doctors, my results showed that I had both leaky gut and candida overgrowth. I'm not a doctor and he's going to explain both of these next week, but essentially leaky gut is when you have holes in your gut lining and the food that you're eating can seep through those holes and get into your bloodstream and cause a lot of inflammation. And then candida is a form of yeast. It naturally occurs in our body. It's not a bad thing, but when you have an overproduction of it, it can cause a lot of inflammation and other uncomfortable symptoms. And this one's more related to candida overgrowth, but I was having this conversation with Dr. Amick and in my questionnaire, it was asking about UTIs. And I'm like, dang, I had a lot of UTIs growing up and how could this be correlated to, to my gut health? but I was on so many antibiotics. I mean, I would get UTIs at least once every three months or so. And every single time I would just get on an antibiotic, not think anything of it. But over time, these antibiotics were killing, you know, both the good and the bad bacteria in my gut microbiome. So over time, it was causing a variety of of issues that I was completely unaware of. So that was one of the first connectors that I made of just realizing how uneducated I was that these antibiotics that I were taking could potentially lead to issues in the future. So that was one of the conversations that we had. But candida feeds on things like refined sugar, yeast, and alcohol. So I decided to remove all of those things. And then in addition to that, I removed gluten, dairy, and cut back on caffeine. Out of all of these changes, I will say I noticed the biggest shift in multiple aspects of my health after reducing my intake of refined sugar. It's also the hardest because I have such a sweet tooth. I noticed that I had less brain fog. I had more energy. I was sleeping better. My skin cleared up and I just felt so much better. It was really hard though. Like a weekend, I think it was like day three that I was starting to reduce my sugar intake. I was having major withdrawals. I was having headaches. I was like, this is making me feel awful. Why am I doing this? And then I kid you not, like a week or two into it, I started to feel and see a difference right away. So out of all the changes I made, that one had the biggest impact in multiple aspects of my health. But I think the biggest thing for me when I was making these changes in my nutrition and when I knew that I was going to stay consistent with it was my outlook. Because the goal for me was to get back to a place where I could have all of these foods again in moderation. I did not want to have to do this long term. And I don't think unless you have you know, a food allergy where you can't have gluten, I don't think that your body is made to have to eat like that 24-7. I think we should be able to enjoy all foods without having immediate symptoms. So that was the goal for me. I wanted to get back to a place where I could have everything in moderation without having symptoms and start enjoying all foods again. So that's what made me want to stay consistent with these changes because I knew how I wanted to feel. So this is when I started experimenting with fun recipes too. For those of you who don't know, I have a cookbook with my friend Jazz. It's called Cooking Up Wellness. These are all recipes that I currently eat and that I was eating while I was healing to help 
with my hormone health and they're all gluten, dairy and refined sugar free. But I started having so much fun with food. I didn't have any experience with cooking before this, but I started to make a lot of my meals at home because I wanted to know exactly what was going into them. And then I found swaps for the foods that I used to eat that had ingredients that were flaring up my symptoms. And I realized that alternatives could taste just as good. So for example, I would swap sugar for things like honey, coconut sugar, monk fruit, agave, and coconut cream. But I fell in love with finding ways to make meals with simple ingredients that both nourished my body and left me feeling satisfied. But yeah, I am not a chef by any means. So if you have my cookbook or you're wanting to get it, I promise you anybody can make these meals. They're super simple, but they taste delicious. But I really think you have to enjoy what you're eating in order to stay consistent. And I really just started to fall in love with the way my body was feeling after I made these changes. So that's one of the things that really kept me going. You know, not feeling sick to my stomach after eating or having to unbutton my pants from chronic bloat was the best feeling. But yeah, sometimes people will ask me if I felt like I was missing out or if I felt restricted. And I really didn't at any point. I started to fall in love with the way I was feeling after I made these changes. And I think I had just tunnel vision on the way that I wanted to feel. And I was having so much fun doing it. The other thing that I changed when it came to nutrition was my eating habits. This was such a big one for me. I used to eat my meals at different times every single day and I would eat on the go a lot. So I would scarf down my food on the way to and from work or while I was answering emails. And I was always rushing, multitasking or in some state of stress while I was consuming food. And I didn't realize how this was making my symptoms worse. I started to learn that our bodies can digest food so much better if we're more present with our meals. So I decided to start incorporating habits that were going to relax my mind and body before I ate. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but I promise you it helped so much with my digestion. So I would try to take two to three deep belly breaths before I ate. So if my mind was busy or maybe I was having a stressful day, this helped calm down my nervous system a little bit. And then in addition to that, I started chewing my food more instead of literally inhaling it. I was always in a rush, so I would eat as quickly as possible. And my food would go like from my plate to the back of my throat within seconds. <laughs> so changing that up, taking my time, really changed the way my stomach felt after I ate. Because prior to that, I always felt like I would have bricks in my stomach after I ate my food. And this just helped a lot with digestion. So I think how you eat can be just as important as what you're eating. This is your sign to slow down, chew your food, and try not to be in a state of stress when you're eating your meals. And then for hormone health, prioritizing protein was so important for me. So I'll usually start my day with a cup of beef bone broth. This is a good source of protein. We've got our glycine and proline in there, which can help strengthen the gut lining. And then I like to do like a little chicken sausage veggie hash. You've probably seen this a million times if you follow me on TikTok and Instagram because it is my go-to breakfast. I'll do... Amy Lou's chicken sausage, Pura Vita, frozen veggies from Costco. You have to use these veggies. These veggies are so good. And then I'll do Trader Joe's pesto, throw some quinoa in there, top with a little bit of avocado. We've got our protein, healthy fats, omega-3s, and it's such a good breakfast. And then when I'm eating out at a restaurant, because I don't consume a lot of eggs, I'll order like a avocado toast. And then I'll order a side of chicken sausage with it or just grilled chicken if they have it. And I'll just build my little avocado toast. So those are the changes that I made in my nutrition. I know it may sound like a lot, but I was so hyper-focused on the way that I wanted to feel. And I knew that I'd eventually be able to eat all foods in moderation again. But I think it's so important to make sure you feel nourished and you feel satisfied when you're making these changes. So if you need some inspo or you're looking for more hormone-friendly meals that are gluten, dairy, and refined sugar-free, I compiled 
all of my favorite recipes into cooking up wellness. It's linked on my Instagram page. So definitely look into that if you're wanting to try some new healthy recipes. But that wraps up our nutrition pillar. And next, we're going to head into the changes that I made in my exercise. The transition that I made for my workouts was actually so much easier on my body because after I'd gained 30 pounds, my initial reaction was just to work out harder than ever and burn as many calories as I could. So I was doing multiple high-intensity workouts a day. By high intensity, I mean that I was doing more of a boot camp CrossFit style of class and my body would feel so swollen after these workouts. I thought because I was working out harder and burning a lot of calories that I would see results quicker, but my body was not responding well to this. These workouts were spiking my cortisol. They were elevating my stress levels and actually just making my symptoms so much worse. So after chatting with my doctor, I decided to swap these high-impact workouts for more low-impact workouts. And an example of a low-impact workout that I absolutely love is incline walking, specifically at 12.330. This is where you walk at a 12 incline, a 3.0 speed for 30 minutes. Queen Lauren Geraldo coined this, and it is such a good workout because it's low impact, but it still elevates your heart rate. Outdoor walks are also great. Now that I live in Florida, I walk every single evening and it's like one of my favorite parts of my day. And then in addition to that, I started doing Pilates, bodyweight workouts, resistant band exercises, and just a lot of strength training. So a nice little combo of those things is really what helped me start to feel and see results. And then once I felt like my body had adjusted, I started trying different workouts. But I want to go over the framework of my exercises that works best for me because I'm somebody who gets very bored when I'm working out. Like I don't like to do the same thing for too long. Granted, 12, 3, 30 is 30 minutes. And I will like even split that up because 30 minutes of doing the same thing, especially on a treadmill is just a little too long for me. But what I'll do is I'll split my workout into different segments. So let's say I'm doing a 40 minute workout. This will be four 10 minute segments. Or let's say I have time for an hour long workout. It'll be four 15 minute segments. And each segment, I'll alternate some form of cardio with strength training. So Let's say we've got 15 minutes of incline walking. We'll get the heart rate elevated. And then I'll do 15 minutes of strength training. Go back to the treadmill for 15 minutes of incline walking. And then I'll finish it off with one last 15-minute round of strength training. Breaking up my workout like this made my workouts go so much quicker and kind of just made me fall back in love with working out. Because instead of going into the workout being like, oh my gosh, I have to work out for an hour, I would crush the first 15 minutes. Next thing I knew, I was back to strength training. And it was just like finishing little segments as opposed to having to tackle this huge obstacle. And it felt so good to just focus on getting to the end of the segment as opposed to approaching it as, you know, an hour-long workout. So that's one of the things that really worked well for me. And then combining the cardio with strength training just made my body feel so good. So now that we've gone over the main changes that I made in my workouts, we're going to head into the changes that I made in my lifestyle and how I started incorporating full-body treatments to help with my inflammation. When it came to full body treatments, there were really two that I think made the biggest difference. One is lymphatic drainage massages. And number two is electroacupuncture. And I cannot express enough how much lymphatic drainage massages helped with my inflammation and water retention. I had my first session with Rebecca Faria, who another spoiler alert, we're going to be talking to very soon here. And I could not believe the results that I felt almost immediately. Rebecca's going to do a much better job explaining this to you guys, but she usually compares our lymph nodes to the drains of the body. So we have our lymph nodes dispersed all throughout our body and they're responsible for removing the 
waste and toxins out of our body, usually through our urine. But after a few sessions with her, I could see a physical difference in my inflammation and swelling. And then internally, I had a lot more energy, less brain fog, and I felt like my body was operating so much better during my workouts. But after I moved back to Indiana, I obviously couldn't see her for in-person sessions. So I started to incorporate her at-home massages on my face, stomach, and legs. I do the facial massage every single morning. It's been a part of my routine for over four years now. It is so quick and easy. I'll use my fingers and my face oil. It's, in my opinion, it's more effective than gua sha and jade rolling. It's also less expensive because you just got to use your fingers. So that's become such a important part of my morning routine. And then I'll do her at-home massage on my stomach and my legs as needed. And then in addition to this, I also got electroacupuncture and I had never had acupuncture before, so I didn't know what to expect, but I would go in, she would place the needles or pins in specific areas around my body, but a majority of them would go around my ovaries. And then she would specifically activate the needles that were around my ovaries to help stimulate them. I really do think that electroacupuncture is one of those things that helped me start my period again. But aside from the full body treatments, the other thing that I prioritized was making changes to lower my stress levels and just prioritize my mental health. The one thing you have to know is that healing naturally just takes more time. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that it was, you know, easy to stay consistent with these changes in the absence of results. In fact, it was really tough. So there's a few habits that I implemented to help me stay consistent on the days that I really wasn't feeling as motivated. And I'm going to walk you through one of them because it is simple, but very, very effective. I went to Staples and I got one of those giant paper calendars and I just nailed it right to my wall. I didn't put any of my to-dos or anything work-related on this calendar at all. Instead, I had three different symbols for each habit that I wanted to be the most consistent with. You can draw any symbols that your heart desires, but for me, I would draw a little wave every single time I had some form of exercise or movement. And then I would draw a straight line for every day that I did something for my mental health. This could have been, you know, writing a letter to a friend. I love letters, reading 10 pages of a motivating or like a self-help book or even like a three-minute meditation. And then I would draw a dashed line for every day that I looked myself directly in the mirror and gave myself one compliment. These were usually not appearance-related compliments at all, and it felt really awkward at first, but this was so important. Listen, you gotta be your own biggest fan, and I'm a firm believer that vocalizing things instead of just thinking them goes such a long way. So at the end of the first day, the next symbol would lead into the next day. So I was connecting my waves, I was connecting my lines and my dashed lines. And it was so satisfying to watch them connect throughout the week. And then at the end of the week, I could go back and see what I may need to do more of over the weekend. So let's say two days I missed my mental health streak. That would mean on Sunday, I really need to prioritize a mental health activity. So not only did this give me more of a visual for my consistency and kind of spark that desire to keep going, but I was able to pinpoint exactly what my body may need more of at the end of the week. And then I also think surrounding yourself with a good support system is so important during this time too. Whether it be family or friends, the process is so much more enjoyable when you've got people around you that aren't going to complain if you have to switch up your order at a restaurant or if you you know, decide not to drink when you go out. This was such a big one for me. I had friends that would make me feel like 
no fun Nancy if I wasn't drinking and it was exhausting to be around. So I just decided to remove the people from my life that I felt like may keep me from focusing on the things that I wanted to be consistent with. And trust me, people who are your friends will want to support your goals and they're not going to make you feel bad for focusing on your health. That decision actually opened up more space for me to find friends who were either on the same journey or just genuinely wanted to support each other. And when it came to managing my stress levels, creating a really good wellness wind down routine and taking magnesium before bed helped so much. There's all different types of habits you can incorporate before bed prior to making these changes. I was so wired at night. Like my body would feel fatigued and I had a lot of brain fog and I was tired. Like I would be ready to go to bed, but then I would lay my head on my pillow and I just could not fall asleep to save my life. I was always exhausted at the end of the day but I wasn't aware of the habits that were, you know, spiking my cortisol, stimulating my mind before bed. So that was one of the reasons I had a hard time falling asleep, even though I felt tired. So some of the changes that I made were having low lighting after 9 p.m., incorporating some type of red light therapy. I love a good two minute legs up the wall meditation, taking really deep belly breaths before bed, maybe even putting some essential oil on my wrists and neck. And then I also love drinking any type of like ginger, turmeric, or spearmint tea. And I know what you're thinking, girl, I do not have time to do all of those things before bed. And you don't have to do all of them. Just experiment with it and pick one or two things. Maybe it's your magnesium. Maybe it's your two-minute legs up the wall meditation. And give yourself that time before bed to unwind and lower your stress levels. Sleep and hormone health really go hand in hand. So after I implemented these habits, my sleep quality improved and so did a lot of my other symptoms. And then I think the next thing is just to remember that healing is not always linear. There's never going to be a time that I have it figured out because my body is constantly going to be changing and evolving. For me, it was so important to meet and accept myself where I was at instead of constantly trying to chase the next trend or diet or quick fix that was going to give me immediate results. I think it is totally natural to want to get to the end result as quickly as possible, but I think it makes such a big difference if you can learn how to enjoy the process. There were some days I would wake up feeling worse and I started to question whether or not these changes were making a difference. So if your experience with your health journey is remotely similar to mine, please know that it does get better and that showing yourself love on the days that you feel like nothing is working is so, so important. But this kind of brings me to where I'm at today and how my health has evolved after implementing these changes. I've had a regular cycle for over four years now. I was able to add dairy, gluten, and all my sensitivities back in over time, and I can have all foods in moderation without having any immediate symptoms. I've got more energy, better sleep. I've got a strong mindset. My acne cleared up, my hair is thicker, and I just have so much more control over my health. I also started cycle syncing once I got my period back, and that has made me feel so much more aligned with my hormones. We're definitely gonna have a full episode covering cycle syncing, but essentially I started eating specific foods and changing the intensity of my workouts depending on what phase of my cycle that I'm in. One of the easiest ways to break this down is by seasons. So my menstrual phase is my inner winter, my follicular is my inner spring, my ovulatory is my inner summer, and my luteal phase is my inner fall. So I like to think about what takes place during those seasons, and every woman is different. But on my end, during my luteal and my menstrual phase, I crave a lot more alone time. And I don't like to make any big decisions because this is when my mood is kind of fluctuating the most. During my follicular phase, I start to feel a little bit more energized. And all I got to say is when I'm ovulating, you got to watch out because I am feeling feisty and fiery and very energized. 
And then just to touch on nutrition, I'll give you a quick example because I'm in my luteal phase right now. So I know that I'm going to be low on iron in the upcoming weeks. So I'll eat a lot more iron-rich foods and prep my body for my menstrual cycle. When it comes to workouts, I'll do low-intensity exercise during my menstrual cycle. Sometimes rest is best during that time too. And then during my follicular phase, I'll do low to moderate intensity. During ovulation, I'll pick up the intensity a little bit. And then luteal would be a moderate intensity. But these are the conversations that I'm excited to have now because... I feel like this is something we should have been taught as women. I feel like we're really just taught to deal with the pain of our menstrual cycles instead of being taught how to love and care for our bodies to make our periods more pain-free. So we're definitely going to dive more into that conversation in the future. But if you want to take the time to educate yourself more about cycle syncing, I really recommend reading In the Flow by Alyssa Vitti. But I genuinely feel the best I have felt in my entire life. And I'm just really happy with my life right now. I just moved from Indiana to St. Pete a few months ago, and I feel so at home here. I booked a one-way ticket to come and visit my older brother, Mac, and then I just fell in love with the area and ended up moving here. It's been one of the best decisions that I've made all year. I feel like I've made so many amazing friends, and I still like that there's small town vibes here in St. Pete because it reminds me of home. I feel like people also know how to disconnect here. And what I mean for that is when I go for a walk by the water in the evening, I'll see people setting up their hammocks, having picnics, reading their favorite books, meditating, doing yoga, or fishing with their kids. And I just love being around that energy. But yeah, ultimately, I feel so happy here. So if you are a fellow St. Pete or Tampa girly listening, definitely shoot me a message if you want to go on a walk or have a little matcha date. I've done one community event here and it was so much fun. We did it in the middle of the summer, so it was pretty hot. But now that it's cooling off, I want to do another group walk soon. So let me know if you would be down to join. It really is such a fun way to meet new friends and just be around other people who are like-minded. But yeah, that's just a general life update on where I'm at right now. I've had so many big changes take place in my life this year, but I you know, can genuinely say that I've never felt more content or happy with life. And I could almost cry just saying that because I have not always felt that way. So to finally feel that way is, it's rewarding and it just feels really good. But yeah, I've spent a lot of time alone. I've been very, very selfish with my time. And I think it's good because it's allowed space for the right things and the right people to to come into my life. And now that I know how to fill up my own cup, it makes it that much sweeter when you can find something to add to the happiness that you already have. So if you're in that phase of life and you maybe feel lonely, I would say lean into it, spend that time alone, figure out what makes you feel fulfilled and fill up your own cup and really focus on that first. I know we've talked a lot about health today. I just wanted to lay the groundwork for Wellness Her Way and share my story so you can understand my perspective of wellness. And I know I mentioned this earlier, but I think healing and wellness in general can be pretty overwhelming. So I just want to be that resource to remind you that there's ways to simplify it and make it enjoyable. And we're going to be covering so much more than our health. We're going to be talking about well-being through dating, relationships. We're going to be focusing on mental health and friendships and just wellness in our day-to-day life. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here from the very first episode. We are going to be talking to my integrative medicine doctor next week. So be sure to tune into that next Monday. My heart feels so full wrapping up this first episode and I can't wait to hear your feedback. And I want to know about all the things you guys want to hear about on this podcast. So you can send me any of your thoughts or ideas or topics you want to hear more about. 
at Wellness Her Way Podcast on Instagram. And then my personal Instagram is at Gracie underscore Norton. Thank you so much for kicking off your week with me. I feel so happy to have you here for the first episode and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening and hanging out with me today. You can catch a new episode of Wellness Her Way every Monday. I want to hear from you, so please subscribe, leave a review for this podcast, and let me know what you thought of this episode. Be sure to follow at Wellness Her Way Podcast on Instagram to connect with me and send in all the questions and topics you'd like to hear about. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this amazing community. I'll see you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.